Hi there, it's Melanie White here for another Habitology podcast and today is episode 9, 12 hot productivity tips. It's just after Christmas and it's really warm outside and I've had a really relaxing few days break from work and it got me thinking about these productivity tips. I'm already thinking about 2019 and how I'm going to be really efficient and effective with work and it got me thinking about what I've done in the past you know a lot of people say to me oh you seem to be so productive you seem to get so much done how do you do that how do you keep just pumping out so much stuff and I thought it might be really useful for you guys listening to know that there are some things that I do regularly that help me to be consistent and and consistently productive and I wanted to share my 12 top productivity tips with you today so that you can start creating your own version of productivity you can see what it's like from my point of view you can know what works and maybe some of these things are relevant for you so here we go my first tip number one is to question everything that you're doing rather than just doing it or just saying yes. So you're questioning whether or not you're actually going to do it, how you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, what resources you might need to do it before you do anything. And this is a really important one, I think, because in the past I thought I was organized and I thought I was productive. In a past career, I had a team of staff, I had a lot of responsibility, and I thought I was all over it, but I actually wasn't, because I often found myself doing things for the sake of doing them. I found myself being busy, doing work that I thought needed to be done, and then realizing it wasn't actually that important. I could have delegated some of it. Some of it wasn't even necessary, it was redundant. So that first tip is about saving a lot of time and getting straight to the heart of the matter. Here's how it plays out. On a Monday morning, you look at your plan, your to-do list, and you think, which of these tasks am I realistically going to fit in this week? And when am I gonna do them? And which of these tasks need to get deleted, delegated, or snoozed? Or fleshed out in more detail? So questioning your plan at the start of every week is the best way to get the most out of your time and to be really efficient and effective so that you can focus on what needs to be done and be productive. That's tip number one, question everything first before you start work. Number two is to schedule in your not negotiable tasks regularly. Now I know for me that if I eat well, if I exercise, if I take time out, I'm at my most productive. When I'm at my least productive, I'm working seven days a week and I'm working long hours. And I've seen this time and time again from people that I've employed through to people that I've had as peers and colleagues. The people who work long, hard hours tend to achieve less and with more mistakes than people who look after themselves. So for me, at the start of every week or the start of every month, I schedule in. I know exactly when I'm going to shop. I know when I'm going to cook for the week. I know when I'm going to do my exercise. I know when I'm going to get in the garden and have time out. I know when I'm going to do hobbies. I know that I don't touch my email on the weekend. All of those things are not negotiable. I'm strict with those boundaries. And it means that I have enough energy 
and resilience to do the work that I need to do and to focus on what's important when I am at work because I'm relaxed when I'm not. So schedule your not negotiable tasks regularly, making sure that your schedule always has them in, is what I mean by point number two. Point number three is to brainstorm projects and to chunk them down. Now this was a massive learning for me. You might have heard me mention previously that I built a website uh, and I had down in my diary a task to review and revise a website. I'd allocated two hours to that task on a Friday and I snoozed it for 40 weeks. 40 weeks. And the reason I did that was because this was a project level task. You know, building a website or revising a website is a big thing. There are lots of steps involved. I hadn't fleshed them out. So when you figure out that you've got a, a fairly big project to do, like building a website or losing five kilos or setting up a business, you need to brainstorm everything that's going to happen so that you can be realistic with your time and energy. So making sure that you do that brainstorm at the beginning and then identifying the smallest level single tasks that you can possibly find is the best way to go because you're going to be more realistic with how you manage your time and you're also going to be able to prioritize the tasks in the right order. So that's point number three, brainstorming projects and chunking down. Number four, document and follow processes. I love procedures and systems because they automate my life and this is a huge thing for most people. When I do something for the first time, I take the time to meticulously spell out every step. The first time I ran a webinar, I wrote down all of the steps that I needed to follow in the right order. And then when I ran the webinar, I noticed what I was doing and I revised and refined that list afterwards. And then I had a recipe so that every time I ran a webinar, I didn't need to panic. I knew that I had that list of things to do and I followed that list repeatedly until I was so confident that I was pretty certain I would get it right every time, but I still have a little checklist. So important that you document the processes that you use to run your business or your life, whether that be your plan for cooking or your plan for cleaning up the house every year or getting ready for holidays or whatever it is that you need to do, make sure that you are clear on the steps and the processes that you need to follow especially for the things that you're doing in a repeated fashion. So that's number four, document and follow processes. Takes away all the thinking and work and decision making. Number five is to block off days and not hours. Now this is really important if you have a lot of responsibilities. Let's say you have your own health and fitness, your well-being, your family, you have social obligations and you have work. It's a lot of things to fit into a week. And I've seen too many people fail at this because they allocate an hour for one thing and then an hour for the next thing and an hour for the next thing. Now what I've realized is that when we try to multitask, it's the least efficient way to work. And for me, I know that if I can focus on one thing for three or four hours, it's gonna give me a way better result than if I try and spread it out in little bits and pieces over the week, fitted together like a jigsaw puzzle. You want a jigsaw puzzle that has five pieces in it, not a thousand. And I think we can learn a lot from triathletes in this sense. You know, there are three parts to a triathlon. There's a run and a swim and a cycle. And when I was working as a personal trainer, I learned something really interesting, which was 
that it's not so much the individual sections of the triathlon that need to be practiced, it's the interchange. Because you lose so much time changing from the swim leg to the cycle leg or whichever leg you're switching to. And it's the same at work or in life. If you do something for an hour and then switch to something else, you're going to lose time in the mental shift from that first activity into the second. You have to get into a different headspace. So it's way easier for you for this point number five is to block off days or half days to do tasks rather than an hour here or there. Think about bulk time so you can really uh, immerse yourself in what you're doing and get it done. Number six is to plan realistically according to priorities and expectations. If you do parts one to five that I've just explained, part six will be easy. Planning realistically means what else do I have to do in the week? That's your not negotiable things. What are the individual tasks I need to complete? And how much time and energy do I really have? Can I actually fit in eight back-to-back -back appointments on a Thursday or will I probably need a break? Planning realistically for me means that on top of my not negotiable tasks, I aim to achieve one thing per day, just one thing. If I have the energy, I can do more and that feels good, but I know that I'm at least getting that one thing done, that one singular specific task. So planning realistically is about being okay with doing one thing a day, that's your own expectations, and also making sure that it fits in realistically around all of your responsibilities. That's such an important one. Point number seven, tip number seven, is to schedule everything. It's fun to say, well, maybe I don't feel like writing a blog on Mondays, or perhaps I won't feel like doing my workout on a Wednesday at four o'clock. I'd rather see how I feel on the day. I need to be feeling creative. I'm gonna suggest something different. You can create the feelings you need to create by working on your thoughts, but if you wanna be efficient, You'll schedule things in and you'll tick them off and get them done. That way you know you're consistently committing to showing up and doing something at a set time every week. And it doesn't have to be every minute detail of your life, but the more things that you schedule into your calendar, the way more efficient and effective you become. And you get a sense of accomplishment as well. You can do this in your personal life or at work. It both works the same. They both work the same. I even do this with gardening. I, I schedule when I'm going to do planting by the moon. That works for me and I feel good about having done it rather than frittered away a weekend with no set plans. So I encourage you to look at scheduling and having a go with scheduling three or four things in a day and see how you feel after doing that. Try it for a couple of weeks and see what it's like for you to stick to a schedule. It might feel a little uncomfortable, but stick with it and see what happens. I guarantee you, you'll start to become more productive. Tip number nine is to set boundaries around your availability. Now this is a big one. A lot of people struggle to manage their time. They're way too flexible and they see clients seven days a week or they make themselves available for friends and family at the whim of the other person. And it doesn't work. If you've got your not negotiable commitments on the one hand, but you're open and available to everybody on the other hand, the two kind of don't go together. I learned this one the hard way. I was flexible in, in my mind 
allowing myself to see clients and to do thinking work on my business and to see friends all in the one day and it it just didn't work so there's two things that I've done that really helped me to set boundaries around my availability the first thing I do is I use a booking app called acuity scheduling and I have set days and hours that I see clients I have set days and times that I do contract work for the coach training organization I work for and I have set days that I see friends and I just stick to them people have to book in to see me and that's how it is works a treat and I don't have to answer everybody to, to let them know when I'm available or not I can just send them straight to my calendar the other thing is that I've communicated with the people I work with and say hey I'm only available to talk to you on Mondays or I'm only available to do this sort of work on Thursdays and I'm really clear with that I let everyone know when I'm available and therefore when they can contact me so simple so effective it's totally changed my output I'm so much more productive because of that one tip setting boundaries around availability using a calendar and as a scheduling tool that others can use and also that essential communication uh, number 10 productivity tip number 10 is to limit email time now this is a really important one uh, I think a lot of the time we find ourselves checking email or leaving the email on and all the notifications popping up but all that does is to distract you from what you're doing and I know what it's like you're working on something and you're trying to focus and you can't get the answer or you get stuck and so you think oh, I'll just check my email does that sound familiar that's what I've done before and it's something that drags you off into the abyss I'm not on social media anymore because of that it's way easier for me to stay off social media and to stay off email and so what I do now so that I can get my email checked and still respond is I check for 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes at lunchtime 10 minutes at the end of the day if I'm really busy I'll just check twice once at lunchtime and once at the end of the day makes such a difference and I'm also off email on the weekends I don't have email on my phone and I don't check email from when I log off on Friday to when I come back to work on Monday so I've got totally clear headspace and one of the reasons that I sometimes don't check email first thing in the morning that's my most creative time I don't know about you but I wake up some mornings and I'm feeling inspired and positive and I'm creative and I'm ready to write a blog or um, come up with a podcast or something like that and if I go in to check my emails I get bogged down in the, all the tasks I've got to do it squashes my creative thinking and suddenly I'm back in the grind again so I've found that turning off email or resisting switching it on in the morning can be really helpful if you do need to create that creative headspace and of course not on my phone such a great way to work I highly encourage you to give it a go um, that's the next point actually number 11 is avoiding social media scheduling or outsourcing it and you can use apps to block your access to the internet for a certain period of time I don't have that running because I have enough discipline but you can actually get apps that will lock your internet access so that you can't physically go onto social media or uh, in or websites if you need to just get some stuff written down or recorded or whatever so useful at work and 
Especially hiring a virtual assistant to have social media stuff done has been a godsend because then I'm not getting drawn down that rabbit hole of all the inquiries or things that I have to follow up. So much easier, so much freer, so much more liberating when you can manage your social media stuff that way. Or maybe you don't need to be on it at all. There's plenty of other things you can do than be on social media. Tip number 12 is to pomodoro. And this is an Italian word that means tomato. But what it is in a work sense is to work in 45 minute bursts. And the way you do it is this. You put a timer on and you're working on something. Let's say you're writing a blog or you're writing a book or you're working on something that requires focus. You're doing a spreadsheet or whatever. You set yourself a timer and you don't get up, you don't walk away, you don't distract yourself with email, you don't even go to the toilet, you just sit there for 45 minutes and work consistently. When the time is up, you get up and walk around. And this is so important because we have a limited attention span and focus and energy. It's around about 45 minutes. And when you have the discipline to sit and focus on one thing for that long, you can actually get a lot done. So for me, if I am writing a book, let's say a booklet, I might allocate myself four hours on a Monday to do that when I'm fresh. But what I'll do is work in 45 minute bursts and every 45 minutes I'll get up, go to the toilet, have a drink, maybe do some push-ups or something, go out into the garden, take a short break and then come back to the desk. The Pomodoro technique is so effective and I would highly recommend it as my top productivity tip. That's number 12. Now I said 12 productivity tips, but I've got four bonus ones for you because I just couldn't help myself. These are really important and they're kind of nuances that might help you just to go the extra mile with your productivity. So the tip number 13 is to say no and learn how to say no. Um, that kind of ties into setting boundaries, which I mentioned before, number nine. But saying no is about thinking before you say yes and being able to say to people, hey, I can't do that today, but we could do something else at this other time. It's a way of softening the blow. I think a lot of times people struggle to say no because they feel guilty about letting the other person down or not fulfilling a responsibility. But sometimes we don't have the energy to do it all. So saying no doesn't mean rejecting somebody. It can just simply mean creating time for yourself by saying no but making yourself available at a different time it's a different way of behaving around people that allows you to maintain a boundary around the things that you do need to get done which are important to you number 14 is the 80 percent rule and this is for all the recovering perfectionists out there like me who think it has to be perfect or that it has to have a huge big detailed plan in place before you can act. Now I know I'd mentioned planning earlier and this seems to fly in the face of that but what I'm talking about in this case is let's say you need to record a video, let's say you need to do a workout, let's say you need to make a meal, let's say you need to write a business plan. Just get it done. Set yourself a time limit and get it done. Don't worry about spelling errors, don't worry about having the perfect ingredients, don't worry about getting everything orchestrated just right. Perfection is something that stops us all. We want to have it just right. But if you're a perfectionist, you'll also know that it's never just right. 
you're always improving it. So getting it just right is actually a fallacy. If you can learn to be happy with 80% good, 80% pass mark, and getting on with it, it will free up a lot of your time. That's how I'm able to do these podcasts. Originally, I thought they needed to be scripted and I need to have the perfect introduction. And I thought, no, I just need to start. Just start. Just do it. They'll get better as I go on. They'll be more fancy. I'll have more tech stuff around this as I go on. For now, 80% is enough. It works. Trust me, it works. Number 15, competing with yourself. This is for people who are a little bit competitive and you're working on your own, maybe a bit isolated and you're wondering, well, how can I get things done? When I worked as a biologist, I got bored by repetitive tasks. Oh my goodness, did I get bored. We would go out into the bush and while it was beautiful, we'd be doing monitoring work or environmental assessment work and I'd think, oh, monotonous. After years and years and years of that same sort of work, you'd be just looking for a break. And that kind of affects your ability to focus and do your best work. So what worked for me is to become competitive with myself. I started working out how many of those transects I could do in an hour or work out how long it would take to do a particular job and make plans for the next one. So I found little ways to beat my own time or exceed my own standards or improve the efficiency of what I did. And that's probably led me to be a more productive person in my life and my business. By being bored, it was a stimulus to find productive, creative, efficient solutions, which I now bring into my own business as a coach. So finding ways to compete with yourself, to do things a little bit differently, better, funnier, faster, whatever it is, can be a great way to stay motivated and to get things done with joy and with ease. To avoid boredom, <laughs> particularly. And number 16, my final tip, one of the bonus four, is to work toward milestones. Uh, and Lily Tomlin, who was a, is a famous actress, said, I always wished I'd been somebody. I just wish I'd been more specific. And I love that saying because what are you striving for? What's the end goal? And how can you measure that you're getting there? That's what this is all about. Being specific about what you want and what the stages are to getting there is so critical because when you can see the milestones ahead, you don't have to know the detail. You just know that you're working toward a chunk of something that is your bigger goal. So critical. And I've developed this five-year planning process that I've been doing, which has encapsulated all of these things. And what people have said to me is that the idea of knowing the, the five-year outcome and the one and two and three-year outcomes and even the 90-day outcomes is enough that you don't have to worry. You know that it's going to be taken care of and you know that you can measure that you're progressing toward what you want by identifying those milestones. I've never done that before until the last year and I have to say it's been so interesting that I've been able to let go of a lot of angst or fear or worry about my plans, about whether I would achieve everything I wanted to achieve. Knowing what the milestones are seems to make the planning easier. It seems to allow me to be more focused. And I can get more done with less pressure. I'm just focusing on these beautiful milestones that I know are taking me toward a bigger goal. So that's tip number 16, working toward milestones. 
Well, that's 12 hot productivity tips with an extra an extra four to make a total of 16 that are really useful for creating a better work output, for getting more done in less time, for making it a bit easier. What I might suggest is if you like the sound of any of these, pick one of them. Pick one and try it for a couple of weeks and see what happens. And if that works, keep doing it. Maybe pick up something else. Keep it really, really simple. It's going to take you a while. That's I've just listed 16 different things that it's taken me 10 years to master. You won't master them overnight. You might find different versions for yourself. But you just need to start. I hope that's been really helpful. I hope you find a way to be more productive and to enjoy the ride. And thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.